You pick up your Bible and wonder, is there more here than meets the eye? Is there something here for me? I mean, it's just words printed on paper, right? Well, it may look like just print on a page, but it's more than ink. Join us for the next half hour as we explore God's Word together, as we learn how to explore it on our own, as we ask God to meet us there in its pages. Welcome to More Than Ink. Boy, do you know how many jokes are about in-laws? Oh my gosh, in-laws are the butt of many, many jokes. Yeah, over and over, <laughs> like there's nothing good about them. Well, today we're going to look at Moses' in-law. Yeah, because we don't think of Moses as a family man, but today we're going to meet his father-in-law, his wife, and his sons. Yeah, today on, on More, More Than, Than Ink. Well, a wonderful spring Saturday morning to you. I'm Jim. And I'm Dorothy. And uh, we again return to the great book of Exodus because, <laughs> well, we just haven't finished it yet. That's why we're Well, we're, we're coming up it. to about the halfway mark. That's, oh, yeah, that's true. So, that's you true. know, it feels like it's been a long time. Lots but of time. You think, you know, if, if you get to the Red Sea stuff, well, that's, you know, there's just nothing after that. But there's, oh, a, there's, ton. there's a ton. There's tons. There's the most that. important part. Yeah, I know. It's, it's really something. So it's, uh, it's kind of fun. Sometimes you think that Exodus is just about... Charlton Heston in the movie uh, Ten Commandments. It's, no, but Ten well, Commandments. Well, it is are about coming. the Ten Commandments. Those are coming up. So, so plot spoiler. We just we just spoiled that's for you. Next that's week. that's what we're looking at. But uh, this week and next week we're going to do something a little unusual. Uh, we're going to still stay with the text. We're in chapter eighteen, but chapter eighteen is dedicated to this guy who kind of does a cameo walk on uh, in the Old Testament narrative. A guy named Jethro. Who uh, who is actually the father-in-law of Moses? So we've been father, we've been following Moses and Aaron as they as they come out of Egypt, as they go into the desert, all these things going on, and then boom, there's the father-in-law. So we're gonna we're gonna split this up into a couple of weeks and just slow down. My my um, inkling many times when I'm going through passages of scripture, where I where I read this chapter 18 about Jethro, and then you get past that, and you're you're on to bigger and better things. My inkling is to say, you know what? Something just happened there. I'm not sure what that right. was. So so my instinct then is to say, I'm going to go back and slow down and look at this slower. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take two weeks to kind of slowly look at Jethro. Because you'll, as you'll see, it's a, it's it's sort of distinct. It's by well, itself. Well, it's interesting because of the emphasis on the family relationship. Yeah. I mean, in yeah. like 10 or 11 verses that we're going to cover today, Jethro's name and his relationship to Moses shows up seven times repeatedly right yeah. jethro moses father-in-law his father-in-law his father-in-law so yeah. the, that emphasis on that relationship and we maybe have forgotten that moses had been part of jethro's family for 40 years at this point yeah yeah let's review that before we start in the passage here because he does this walk on and uh we, you remember what when, when moses was in egypt and uh he's grown up now right and he's, right. he's in uh, pharaoh's court and stuff like that uh, he eventually leaves Egypt. Because, he's 40 when yeah, he leaves he's 40. Egypt. And he gets in hot water because he sort of acts like the judge of the Israelites. He kills a guy. And um, anyway, he, he fears for his life, actually, because uh, because of that. And he ends up leaving. And he goes about as far away as you can. He goes to Midian. <laughs> he's all the way across the Sinai Peninsula. And, and he goes from being a member of the of Pharaoh's court, you know, right. and becomes a leader of sheep. <laughs> And so he goes to Midian, and uh, and while he's in Midian and sort of cooling his heels over there for forty years, uh, he uh, he meets this wonderful woman, uh, the daughter of Jethro, 
but his name is not Jethro in that account. His name is Rule. Rule, right? <laughs> well, yeah, and I looked at that story. That the account goes that, and and actually, we read it earlier in Exodus. We yeah. already covered it's this chapter two. But yeah. that when Moses comes into that country, he actually he helps the daughters at the well as they're being bullied by the right. local shepherds, right. and then he becomes acquainted with their father and agrees to dwell with him. And so his relationship with Rule actually comes before. His real relationship yeah, exactly. with the daughters. And I was, was going to say because of that whole you know watering the sheep kind of incident, uh, he is some somewhat impressed with Moses, right? Right. You know, and says, "What did you just leave him out there? Right. Bring him home, introduce me to him." So, so it's a yeah, it's a it's a it's a what do you want to call it? It's a relationship of great respect between these two men to start with, and in the end, Moses ends up marrying one of his seven daughters. Well, but he becomes he becomes rule or Jethro's chief shepherd, yeah, and that's what he's doing when God encounters him at the burning bush that's right there that's right several years before this now yeah. so um yeah. yeah that's important for us to remember at this point so yeah, that all tells record. us who this guy is so it's not just a it's not just a an anonymous walk-on by a character this is someone that moses knew for quite some time for a long time and yeah. we're told at the very beginning there in exodus 2 that this man was the priest of midian oh. now it doesn't uh-huh. say he was a priest of god most high Right. It does say he was a priest of Midian. However, there there is some speculation because of the name Midian. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm actually it's the name Ruel means friend of God. Well, Ruel means friend of God, but since he, but but Midian, if this guy is a priest of Midian, you know, can there be anyone who respects the God of Israel in Midian? And that's what I was connecting to because it goes mm-hmm. back to Abraham. Abraham's right. wife Keturah, I think right. it was, who right. he marries after Sarah dies. Keturah is one of Keturah's children, sons, is named Midian. Right, and that nation so, grows out of him. So these yeah. are deep descendants deep of descendants. Abraham. So there could have been some residual knowledge of the God of Abraham. Exactly. So there is a connection to Abraham. So, you know, perhaps, yeah, when we talk about a priest of Midian, you know, he might be right on in many respects. We'll get some hints that he's maybe a little off, but not much. I mean... Well, his his relationship with the God of Abraham seems to be... A, a distant one yeah right exactly. and this yeah. is the story where it really yeah. becomes a personal one yeah so let's see what happens because he will change he will change his perspective of the god of israel in this story now before we press into the story let's just say one other thing that at the end of of our last time together we talked about the battle with the amalekites oh yeah right, that right. moses had sat on the rock right and, and Held the battle had gone a particular up. way well the amalekites were also descendants of that's right of abraham distant descendants yeah. and they were through the rest of history of israel associated very often with the midianites as people who preyed upon israel yeah yeah so it's really interesting to me since since I'm studying Genesis concurrently, mm-hmm. that the Midianites were are the people who were coming through to whom Joseph's brothers sold him. Oh, that's right. And they brought him down to Egypt. Now, that's a really interesting connection. They were the, they were the traitors. That it was because of the Midianites that Joseph was in Egypt in the first place, out of which the whole nation of Israel grew up there. And here we are some hundreds of years later, and Moses, who's going to lead them out, goes and dwells among the Midianites. I, there's something really interesting there well, to me. in fact... <laughs> In fact, as this Midian high priest meets Moses in the desert, Moses is carrying the bones of Joseph. Oh, at this point. At this point in the story. When they come out of Egypt, they're carrying... Oh, that's an interesting connection. there's a lot of full circle things going on Oh, my goodness. See what happens when you really track down these names? (laughs) 
it's a small world. So well, okay, let's, now let's, we really have to get into yeah, it. Yeah, let's get into Jethro. <laughs> Jethro. But by the way, I just love the name Jethro. If we'd had another son, I think I would have suggested Jethro. It's just a. <laughs> Our son, by the way, is named John. And that's a good start. That's a good start. Jethro. All, all I can think of is Jethro Tull. Let, Let me read. Let me read. Let's get into okay. the passage. Stop there it. We go. Okay. <laughs> Chapter, 18, Chapter 18, verse, verse one. 1. Here we go. Jethro, the priest of Midian, Moses' father-in-law, heard of all that God had done for Moses and for Israel, his people. Now the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. Now at Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, had taken Zipporah, Moses' wife, after he had sent her home, along with her two sons. The name of the one was Gershom, for he said, I have been a sojourner in a foreign land. And the name of the other, Eliezer, for he said, the God of my father was my help, and delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his sons and his wife to Moses in the wilderness where he was encamped at the mountain of God. And when he sent word to Moses, I, your father-in-law Jethro, am coming to you with your wife and her two sons with her, Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and bowed down and kissed him. And they asked each other of their welfare and went into the tent. Then Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done to Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake, all the hardship that had come upon them in the way, and how the Lord had delivered them. And Jethro rejoiced for all the good that the Lord had done to Israel, in that he had delivered them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Okay. Stop there. Great meeting. Great meeting. So somewhere in the history of these things, it's, it, uh, it looks like Moses sent his wife and son or sons back. well remember we read that actually yeah. it's back in chapter yeah. four uh when moses they had moses had gone to his father-in-law and told him now i need to go back to egypt but what he told him this yeah. is very interesting to me <laughs> he didn't this. tell him god has told me to go and deliver the <laughs> I people need to free my people he what no, he told no. him was i want to go back to egypt and see my people and see if they're still living Yes, he was still alive. So he packs up his wife and sons and takes off across the desert. So that kind of implies that Moses had led Jethro to believe they were just going back to Egypt to live. Right, yeah, right. Which kind of sets up that whole incident or visit where, then, relatives or something. where then Zipporah circumcises the sons right. and touches Moses' feet. Now, we've spent some time talking about that, yeah. and that is a cryptic event, and right. there's a lot there that we don't understand. But in any case, at that point, she seems to go back to her father with the children. Yeah, and that's what I was saying. We don't have that documented when, no. when she's shipped back. However, there's a clue in the names of the two sons. Right. Because Gershon was clearly there when, when they left Midian and then went back to Egypt because his name means he was basically born born as a sojourner. Right. But then Eleazar, who's born after that, you know, God is my help. Uh, he's delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. Right. So Eleazar is, at least he's named after they get out of Egypt. Right. So, uh, but anyway, the two sons are, are sent back along with their mothers that were back to, to Midian and back to live with Jethro. And now here, Jethro, her father and Moses' father-in-law is bringing them back to Moses. And we don't, we don't know precisely how long Moses was in Egypt. Right. Right. It could have been a few months. It could have been up to a couple of years if you figure out how long it took all of those plagues to play out. We really don't know. But it's been quite some time. Yeah. yeah. And, and it is implied here, I think, that Zipporah is coming back to stay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because we have a, another account in Numbers 12 where Miriam and Aaron grumble against yeah, the right. woman that Moses had married because they had not met her yeah. up yeah. to this point until after all of this phenomenal 
escape from Egypt. Yeah. So anyway, that's yeah, and it, it's interesting here too that it seems as though Jethro is bringing back the family because he's gotten news of what's been right. going on. Right. And uh, you know, like you said back in chapter four, the last the last words it sounds like he heard from Moses when he left was, "I'm going to go back and see if." And if my people Just are still my alive, my people are still alive. Well, and then all that's of a sudden, not exactly it. <laughs> all of a sudden, Jethro's getting all this news about what God's doing for Israel, how how the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt, and so he's fearing. Well, they're out of Egypt. They're out of danger. I guess they're wandering in a place that I know of. You know, in the in the wilderness. I'll just I'll just reunite the family. And so that's what he does. And what we don't know is whether Jethro expected Moses to lead the people out, right? Because right? Moses had that assignment from God back in Exodus three. Yeah. But he, we don't have it in the text that no. he told Jethro. He says, yeah. I'm just going back to see if my people are still yeah, alive. As far as we know, it, the news is news to, to Jethro about what's so, going but on. But there are Midianite traders going back and yeah. forth through this part of the, of the land. And so Jethro hears. Yeah, yeah. Here comes Moses with two million people following so him. So let's bring the family back <laughs> together. Yeah, and so that's, a, that's exactly what he does. And he brings them, he brings them back to Moses. And uh, I, I love when you get to verse 7 there, it says, uh, Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and bowed down and kissed him. Mm-hmm. You know, Moses is trained in Pharaoh's court. So he had a kind of an uppity problem to start with. But now he's he's literally in charge of, uh, you know, uh, over half a million families going through the desert. And you would think because he's in charge that that would do something to his humility. But here his father-in-law shows up and he pays such a great respectful mm-hmm. welcome. He bows down and he kisses him. That that's an astonishing thing to me. I well, would think it would have gone to a relationship. Yeah, that's true. But you know, they talk about the fact that power corrupts and absolute power right. corrupts. You know, it, you know, it doesn't seem to have happened to Moses right here because when he sees his father-in-law, he he does such a warm welcome, respect. And this guy's, you know, this guy's president of the country. Okay. Well, Moses has come down from his lofty that's place exactly after right. you know being raised in Pharaoh's court and having at least the appearance of power. Yeah. And then having to run away from there, and he winds up spending 40 years herding sheep in the desert. Very humbling. You know, those 40 years were a lot of time to think, well, this is my life now. Mm-hmm. Right? And Moses never expected the call of God to come. Yeah. And and it, and it he lived largely on the, the grace of Jethro. You know, in fact, even to the end, when he left, when he leaves Jethro, he's still tending Jethro's flock. Right. Moses doesn't have his own flock. So, and again, these men are tight to start with, but you would normally think, if you normally, if you think of someone in power, like a king or a president or something like that, and someone says to the president, oh, you know, your father-in-law is here, <laughs> you go, yeah, well, yeah, whatever. But that's not the case here. Um, Moses is still a really, a really humble man. In fact, later on in the narratives, you'll see it said, as they talk about Moses, that he was the most humble man that ever lived. And you, and you see it here just in this simple thing of him bowing down and kissing his father-in-law. And they asked each other about their welfare. They caught up and uh, and they went into the tent. That's a sign of great hospitality. Like, let's sit down and talk some more. And then I love this in verse 8. Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done to Pharaoh, to the Egyptians, for Israel's sake. All the hardship. He didn't leave out the bad times. Mm-hmm. All the hardship that had come upon them in the way. And how the Lord had delivered them. I, I, I really like that. I like the fact that he included the hardship. He says, you know, yeah. it wasn't an easy thing that happened. God did do this, but it was tough. Well, if you think back over the 10 plagues, that would have been horrendous enough. But yeah. then think they've been three months. They're roughly three months into the wilderness at this point, and mm-hmm. they have experienced some rough things. Mm-hmm. Battle. 
no water, no bread. But God yeah. has begun giving them manna. He has provided water for them. So Moses has seen not just the God of Abraham, but the Lord, the I am, yeah. become a very real, intimate, present yeah. God who yeah. does. Not right? just a theoretical God. So yeah. that's interesting to me because at this point in the text, the conversation shifts from being about God to being about the Lord yeah. by name, the mm-hmm. name mm-hmm. that he had given to Moses back in chapter 3. Yeah, yeah, the good that the Lord had done to Israel. Yeah, I, this this would have been just a great conversation in the tent, you know, over tea and sitting there, and then Moses sits there and just spells out the entire history like since I last saw you, guess right. what? Here's look doing. what happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you won't believe what we've been through. Yeah, yeah, this is just an astonishing thing. And that that had for Jethro, who's you know, okay, he's a priest of Midian. This is doing something, I think, to his theology. I mean, he's, he's listening to the intimate and insightful care that God is giving to his people, following through on his promises, the way that that God. Uh, deals with the most powerful nation on the earth and the most powerful man on the earth, Pharaoh. I mean, this has got to be expanding the boundaries of his understanding of who mm-hmm. God is, just tremendously so, in in real flesh, in real shoe And he's hearing it first person from his son-in-law. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So this, this would be just thrilling. So after the end of hearing this astonishing story, which, by the way, listeners, you just listened to with us as we've gone right. through Exodus. For the last few weeks. You just yeah, you just heard up to this point what Moses told Jethro. You're in Jethro's shoes. So there you go. And you're understanding who the who this guy is and his heart for this people that he cares for, how he shepherds them. And uh and so now Jethro's response is is just really touching and it comes up in the next verse. You want to oh, read it's that for beautiful. Us? Yeah, yeah chapter 10. ten. So Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord, he uses that proper name, the Lord who has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh and has delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know Mm. that the Lord is greater than all gods because in this affair they dealt arrogantly with the people. Mm. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, brought a burnt offering and sacrifices to God. And Aaron came with all the elders of Israel to eat bread with Moses' father-in-law before God. Isn't that, <laughs> that's just, that's fascinating. It's a lovely end to this part it, of the it story. Is. It really, really is. And it's it's expected, but it's just heartwarming. You know, Jethro says, blessed be the Lord. Blessed be this covenant God of yours. Because look what he's done. He's delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, out of the hand of Pharaoh. That's that's just nearly impossible in the ancient world. Delivered you from the hand of Pharaoh. Delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. That, I mean, yeah, There's this tremendous emphasis on deliverance here. It shows yes. up four times in just a couple of verses. The Lord delivered. The Lord had done this. The Lord delivered. Blessed be the Lord who delivered you. He's delivered the people. Yeah. yeah. Right? So that really underscores that he's suddenly aware that God has done something amazing. And he's looking out over these two million people (laughs) while he's saying it. And again, what you don't see here is is a proud father-in-law saying, well, Moses, you know, you were my chief shepherd, but you've really made a name for yourself. You've really gone places in the world. You really come up in the world. It's not about Moses at at all. Not at all. It's all about God. But that's sort of what you expect, you know, because here's this top shepherd who goes off and comes back and he's leading a nation. Well, you know, the question that was ringing in my mind as I was reading this is, how have we seen Moses change? Right, because as he leaves mm-hmm. Jethro sometime before, how did he get there in the first place? Well, he met Jethro because he was on the run. On the run, yeah. Right, he was scared. He was disoriented. He didn't know who he was. He didn't 
thought his life was over. He didn't know what was coming. Right? They enter this family relationship. He spends 40 years taking care of Jethro's sheep and becoming part of his family. And then says, he doesn't even tell him, I'm going back to deliver my people. He says, I'm going back to see how they are. Right? (laughs) Now, it's possible that he had told him the story. That's not what's recorded. It's not in the text. And here he comes. He returns as this leader. God has shaped him and grown him so significantly and will continue to grow him. But Jethro must see the difference in Moses. Yeah, he must. He must. And yet in the discussions in the tent and all the celebrations, it's all about the Lord. It's all about the Lord. It's all about the Lord. And I think that's that's a telling thing, too, when we talk about leaders in, in present Christendom. You know, we we sort of we boost up the man a lot, mm-hmm. which I, I think is an error. We shouldn't boost them up instead. And, they'll, and, and the humble ones will say this. It's really not about me. God's made me who I am. God's the one who's doing this. But but we don't we give lip service to that without truly believing it. So when we talk about uh, a great leader or a great teacher or a great pastor stuff like that, we really ought to focus and say, look what God has done, mm-hmm. what God has done here, and and uh, and that's the focus here as Moses is telling about what God has done because clearly Moses, I mean Moses can't bring the plagues in the story he gave right. to. So so when you get to this point, what, what he's impressed with, what, what his father-in-law is impressed with is not Moses, although Moses has changed. And I think he's worthy of some praise for this change, I think. But in this discussion, has nothing to do with who Moses no, is. No, because Jethro says, now I know that the Lord, Yahweh, right? Yeah, you're the Yahweh. God who introduced himself to you as yeah. the one who is, the I am. Now I know he's greater than all gods so right. there we have a little inkling that perhaps being a priest of midian encompassed other gods yeah, not right. just the god of abraham right but, and, but, and we don't know where his allegiance is although he could also be talking about the evident gods of egypt that that's were conquered true. that's through all true this. so i mean but he's saying you know your god he's the guy there's just no doubt about this i'm convinced of this and so he's driven not just to proclaim and and, and uh, glorify who this guy is but he says I, we need to sacrifice so he brings a sacrifice which I think is fascinating. He, as a priest, had been in the custom, right, of offering That's sacrifice. Right. That's what he does. This so is what you do in your worship. So he brings the sacrifice, yeah. and Aaron came. Yeah. So, you know, the Aaron had not actually been officially instituted as the high priest of Israel at this right. point. This is before not the yet. giving of the law. Not yet. And, yeah. But Aaron, as Moses' brother, he probably hasn't met Jethro no. I, uh, so this is no. a first. This and is a first. so here comes the family. Right. And here's all the elders of Israel coming right. as well, you know, and they come to eat bread with Moses' father-in-law. I mean, this is, this is a big deal. It's really a great celebration, a great honor to Jethro. Uh, just a great, well, it had to be a great encouragement it, in the midst of all also, this wandering. It's an evidence of peace, Yeah. right? To sit down to a meal after a sacrifice together. Mm-hmm is only something done in peace. Yeah. We recognize yeah. we all are eating at the same table. We all are worshiping the same God here. Yeah, yeah. And so even though, you know, I think Jethro's primary motivation to come out and meet Moses was to reunite the family, which makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. In the end, the family's not even figuring in the end of this. There's just a great encouragement that God has designed through the priest of Midian, through Jethro. To encourage Moses, to encourage Aaron, to encourage the elders, because they all get together at this point and basically are, are uh, uh, love each other. <laughs> and I and I had to think, you know, this is a wonderful thing because through the trudging through the desert and stuff like that, there've been lots of ups and lots of downs, lots of drama, lots of conflict, as we'll see next week. But to have to have this very warm little island in the middle of what is a it's a tough 
thing that they're doing as God leads them through the desert. Wow, boy, what a great encouragement. It makes me think that, you know, when you least expect it, when you're going through some of the deepest waters in your life, even though God is still on his throne and things, you know, are working okay, but life can be tough by God's design. Still, God comes out of the blue and says, you know, I think you need to do a little kickback. I'm going to bring you your father-in-law. Remember that guy that you love so much? And we're going to sit down in the tent, get our tea out, and talk about the great things that God has done. And you will be deeply encouraged, well, you and Aaron and all the elders. And I'm bringing your wife and your kids. And your wife and your right? kids. We don't yeah. often think of Moses as having a wife and children. And it must have been tremendously meaningful to him Yeah. to yeah. see his wife and his sons. Yeah. So this is this is like an oasis. This is an emotional oasis in the middle of Exodus. So many ups and downs. And you know, next week as I mentioned, we're going to get to the fact that there's some real there's some struggles going on with this new nation that's wandering. There's some more than just the grumblings we talked yeah. about at Meribah and stuff like that. But I mean, it's tough. So to have this kind of guest appearance of his father-in-law whom I think he always had deeply loved because he'd been with him for 40 years and respected and then out of the blue, he's there to encourage Moses. I think it's just great. I love it. It is encouraging, even <laughs> as we're talking about it, and, and to have that kind of validation. You're still a part of the family. Yep. I still love you. Here's your wife and kids. We still, we're still your people, right? Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, we although we don't know, but think about my, what have happened through Jethro as he goes back to Midian. This man who now, one of the few people in that whole region of the world has a has a front row seat from the, from the lips of Moses himself about what this God had done in Egypt that they'd heard about, but they didn't know the half of it until he sat down with Moses. What is that going to do to this spiritual and climate in Midian when he goes back home and says, I've got a story to tell you and you won't believe about the God of Israel? I mean, that's got to be a big thing. But we, we don't, I don't have any clue what happened when he went back. But there's an investment in Jethro as well in terms of giving him an understanding of the truth. Well, we're out Our of time's time. Up. <laughs> and so next week we're going to come back. We're going to finish chapter 18. And we're, and we're not done with the visit. We're not with done Jethro. with Jethro. We still have some good, good visit time on the books. So you'll want to come back and hear exactly what that's all about. Because that ended up being something that changed the nature of Israel for a long time. This discussion with Jethro out in the desert. So I'm Jim. And I'm Dorothy. And we're glad you're with us. We hope you're reading with us. If you are pick it up in the middle of chapter 18 and that's where we will be next week so join us there on more than ink more than ink is a production of main street church of brigham city and is solely responsible for its content to contact us with your questions or comments just go to our website morethaninc.org but in this yeah, yeah, right. Okay, let's start that again. Start again. <laughs> <laughs>